I'm Cecilia Lay, and this is Fifth Emission. We've been hearing a lot about gas stoves lately, how they're bad for the planet, our health, and why there's a movement to ban them. California does not have a statewide regulation to prohibit gas stoves, at least not yet, but there are local efforts to limit your use of natural gas. On Wednesday, the agency that's best known for its pollution-fighting Spare the Air Days is scheduled to vote on whether to ban the sale of natural gas-powered water heaters and furnaces. It's all because of a gas called nitrogen oxide, which forms smog and is linked to serious health problems like asthma and cardiovascular disease. But not everyone is in favor of the proposal. Today on Fifth Emission, Chronicle reporter Julie Johnson joins me to talk about the Wednesday vote and the immediate impacts that households across the Bay Area would see if the proposal is approved. She'll also explain why the pivot to electrical appliances could have major consequences and be very expensive. Julie Johnson, thanks for joining me on Fifth Emission. Thank you. So, Julie, a consequential vote is happening on Wednesday, and that could result in a ban on natural gas water heaters and furnaces. What's the goal? What it does is the rule requires retailers start selling the kinds of appliances that don't turn out something called nitrogen oxides. It's a major source of pollution. The goal is to reduce pollution that's in neighborhoods, so in the air we breathe in the Bay Area. And the way to do this is to reduce the amount of nitrogen oxides that get churned out by the appliances we have in our home. The two main appliances in our homes that emit nitrogen oxides are gas-fired furnaces and gas-fired water heaters. Local air regulators think they can help prevent 85 deaths a year. And Julie, we've been hearing a lot about a potential ban on gas stoves, but this is different, right? This is different. Gas stoves also emit nitrogen oxides, but in less amounts. So they're not included in this rule. It's also important to understand that it's not actually a ban on any type of appliance. What it is, is that retailers who sell these things need to make sure that what's on the shelves don't emit this type of gas. Right now, the only models that do that are electric ones. Also, this rule is focused on pollution outside of neighborhoods, not inside homes. And tell me more about the agency behind this proposal, the Bay Area Air Quality Management District. Residents may know it best for its Spare the Air Days. What's the agency's backstory? So the district governs all the nine counties that touch the San Francisco Bay. So that's Alameda County, Contra Costa, Marin, Napa, San Francisco, San Mateo, and Santa Clara counties, and parts of Solano and Sonoma counties. The Air District has actually been around for a while. It was created in 1955 by the state legislature. And that was a time when Los Angeles had terrible smog, the kind that was compared to London. In San Francisco, local leaders were worried that it was going to get as bad here as it was there. So at first, they targeted problems like burning at garbage dumps and burning of garbage in the backyards. Then they moved to emissions at the gas pump when you were pumping gas. But today, most of their rules relate to industry. So the oil refineries we have here in the Bay Area, they work to reduce the amount of hazards that come out of those facilities. If these new standards that would limit the sale of natural gas appliances are implemented, What kinds of changes would Bay Area households need to make? 
The key thing with this rule is there's actually no immediate change required for households unless your water heater breaks. The earliest impact would be in 2027, and that's just for electric water heaters. The rule doesn't mean everyone has to start replacing them right away. It's just when they need replacing. With space heaters, they've given people more time because the technology is a little bit further behind. So you can keep using your gas-fired furnace as long as it works. But once it breaks, and if it's after 2029, then you'll need to find probably an electric one. An important thing to know is that the Air District can push these dates back. So if the technology doesn't seem to be advancing in the way they think it should, if it's still too expensive for people to do this, if there aren't enough products on the market, they can push it back a couple of years. And they've got a built-in plan for that. We'll be right back. You can support Fifth Emission and the newsroom that creates it by signing up for unlimited access at sfchronicle.com slash pod or by downloading the San Francisco Chronicle app. Julie Johnson, the Bay Area may ban natural gas furnaces and heaters in an effort to limit pollution. But has there been pushback to that proposal? What kinds of counter arguments are being made? Yeah, there's been a lot of pushback. It's essentially asking property owners to over time bear the cost of improving human health. And homeowners are legitimately worried about how much it's going to cost. In the Bay Area, we have old homes here. About 65% were built before 1978, according to a report on this. And so that means their electrical systems are probably outdated. And this rule, in effect, while it doesn't require people install electric appliances, those are going to be the only ones available to buy. It's not just how much the new appliance is going to cost, and there are some reports showing that heat pumps are a little more expensive than furnaces, but it's also the retrofitting you might have to do to your home in order to make it work. In some cases, in some homes, that could require getting a new electric panel, and that's something that only PG&E can do for you. It's costly, and it takes time waiting for the utility to do it. So speaking of costs, what are some of the estimates to these kinds of upgrades? The numbers I found and that were provided to the Air District, estimate that to upgrade an electric panel in a single-family home costs roughly $4,300. So pretty high costs there. And I understand that people who are planning to vote to approve this proposal have cited that you know there are big benefits here for lower-income communities, which often are more subject to pollution. But taking these costs in mind... Are there concerns about low-income households being able to meet these kinds of upgrades? Absolutely. A lot of people are worried about that. One thing the Air District has said is that there are tons of subsidies and tax rebates on the horizon. The government wants people to electrify their homes, and so they're going to incentivize it. But people are still worried. And that was a big concern of Contra Costa Supervisor John Joya, who spoke to me. He represents Richmond working-class community surrounded by oil refineries and industry. And he said that while he supports the plan, he really wants to make sure that that is the main question being asked. Is this affordable for working-class people? 
And he said that when they check in before the rule, which should happen in about 2025, which is two years before it would start at its earliest point, that's what they should be talking about. Are there any penalties for households that don't meet the new standard? That's a great question. And there isn't because it's not like the air district is going to go into your home and check what kind of appliance you're running. All it does is require that retailers who sell these things have environmentally sound appliances on their shelves. And by definition, if this plan passes, that would be appliances that don't emit nitrogen oxide. Now, earlier you mentioned that these kinds of upgrades would require PG&E to step in. I understand that you did some recent reporting that cited concerns of PG&E just not being able to turn on lights quickly enough in newly constructed homes. So that raises the question, would the power grid and other kinds of PG&E resources be able to accommodate these kinds of changes made to households? Yeah, this is a great question, and it's an open question. One report actually found that this rule wouldn't cause dramatic increase in demand for electricity. They estimated by 2045, in like the worst case scenario, demand would increase a little over 2% by 2025 across the whole state. But there is a real question about whether PG&E can handle all the requests for upgrades as people's furnaces blow out and they need to replace them with electric heat pumps. PG&E supports this rule and they say they can do the things they need to do to make it work. However, I asked PG&E directly if it will be able to handle electric panel upgrades for consumers, and I'm still waiting for a direct response to that question. And as you mentioned, it's been a big problem across the state. In Fresno and Madera counties, the Home Builders Association you know, was poised to complain to regulators because they had all these housing projects ready for move-ins and they couldn't do it because they couldn't electrify these places. PG&E admits that its staff is being pulled in a lot of directions. They're trying to bury power lines to stop wildfires. They're trying to do all the things they need to do to help California electrify and meet its climate goals. There is a lot of pressure on this company, and that's going to be a big question going forward also. Julie, what kind of precedent exists for these kinds of new standards? Would the Bay Area be the first to limit gas-powered water heaters and furnaces? The Bay Area would be the first to try this out. And again, it's not a ban per se, because all it does is require that appliances meet certain standards. And there is a universe in which a gas-fired furnace maker creates one that doesn't emit this stuff. It's just not available right now. But the Air District knows it's on the vanguard here. We'll be keeping an eye out on that vote, Julie. Thank you so much. Julie Johnson is a reporter with the Chronicle's climate and environment team. Find her story about natural gas appliances online at sfchronicle.com and on the Chronicle app. Thanks to Gary Baca for editing this episode and to you for listening. <laughs> 